Unbreakable Gaming. Select your character. Musket Shot. Mr. K. Hello and welcome to Indestructible Gaming and More. I'm Muscashat. Alongside me is my co-host, Mr. K. Mr. K, hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome to space. Space lines. This is an episode about space lines from the far out. And uh, it's a game that's coming out this year. Um, Actually, it's being released in April. And uh, it's it's developed by Coffee Knots. Uh, coffee nuts, depending on how you say coffee, I guess. Um, and it's published by Skystone Games Inc. And again, it being released in April of this year, April 2022. Um, it's a single player or multiplayer type game and a roguelike game, right? Roguelike or roguelike, roguelite. I guess it's all it's it, it's either one, preference. yeah, whatever yeah, preference one. you say, roguelike, roguelite. It doesn't really matter, yeah. So one of the things that was that was that's really cool about this uh, game and um, it is being able to actually interview uh, the co-founder of this of Coffee Nuts, um, Fabio Rosa, who took the time to sit down with us, answer a bunch of questions that we asked him, and a really fabulous interview. Some great um, information and feedback for, or well, I shouldn't say feedback, but great information and some some good advice for those that are looking to be, you know, an indie developer that I think that, you know, if you're, if you're just starting out as that or, or looking to maybe do that, I think you definitely should listen to the interview and uh, listen to what he has to say, but we'll get into the um, review of the game first. Um, Do you want to kind of give a little overview of the game? Well, you are, What's the what's the word for what would you say a space captain would be of you? Well, I, I was You're just more of a pilot. Him, yeah, I was calling him a pilot. He's a he's more of a pilot and a steward at the same time. All Almost. right, we'll call him. We'll, we'll, okay, I'll call him Stewart then. We'll 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 name him Stewart. That's his name. <laughs> so basically, you play as Stewart, <laughs> and uh, what you have to do is take control of your your like ship in space. And you have these machines near you, terminals and all that, that do different things for the ship. And basically, you have to navigate your ship and with random things happening, as well as having to keep an eye on all your passengers who are causing chaos throughout the ship. Also randomly. <laughs> and like Muscashot was saying, this is a roguelike. So every time you play, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So different things may happen. Like you may, uh, let's, what's the example? You may lose gas quicker mm-hmm. or yeah, your gravity machine might turn off and all of a sudden there's no gravity on the spacecraft. So everybody's kind of floating around. You might, your ship might get hit by a, an asteroid. You might just fly right by the terminal that you're supposed to stop at to drop the passengers off. 
there's a there's a bunch of different things that could happen in this game and you know the, the it's, there's a there's a lot to go on with this game but yeah yeah there is you can choose your you can choose your ship before you go because you know, there's like a little hub area where you can relax and and you got to plan your flight and all that mm-hmm. would have you played it with anyone no i have not played it with anybody yet it is cross um, it, it is going to be cross platform. Yeah, it's going to be cross platform. You will hear that from the uh, interview, but I figured yep. I'd say that now. Yeah, which I think is pretty cool because, and this is going to yeah. be out on all, all the yeah, platforms. It, so that basically means I can go. Let's say if I go to Musket Shot's house, I can bring my Switch if it's on there, and I can play right next to him while he's playing. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's. This game, it's technology. <laughs> yeah, it's it starts out at, at this space terminal, and you basically there's like a quick, like maybe 10 minute introduction type uh, instructional demo part at the beginning of the game where you're gonna learn the, the mechanics of the game, you're gonna learn the different what the different items on the ship do, uh, and if something breaks, how to fix it. And your passengers are going to be random, so you never know like what alien, what passengers you're going to get. You're in space, so they're going to be t- alien type passengers. Uh, once the the first time you 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 go on a ship, you're basically selecting a ship. They give you like two thousand dollars or something like that. You pick one of the ships that you want to pilot and that's your ship and so then you you'll take passengers from one terminal to another terminal um with the idea of basically getting there safely hopefully not running out of gas hopefully not having your spaceship get destroyed by asteroids or something like that but but at the meantime you got to steer your ship you got to make sure you, you keep an eye on stuff on the radar but also entertain your guests and feed them and and do all those things. So uh, it's it can be very chaotic. Yeah, it can be very chaotic at times because you have to sort of keep an eye on where your ship is going and you know how close are you to the terminal that you're supposed to go to. But then also at the same time, you gotta make sure your passengers are happy because they'll be giving stuff like thumbs down, thumbs up. Um, Sometimes they, you know, it's kind of reminds you a little bit of like a theme park, one of the theme park games, if you've played them where, you know, your, your guests are walking around and the little bubbles over their heads say that they're hungry or that they want to be entertained or they need to use a bathroom or something like that. So kind of similar to that, um, your, your passengers will, will do stuff like that. So you have to sort of keep an eye on that as well to make sure that they're happy because that they'll if they give you a bad rating then you know obviously money wise you might not get as much money as you would if you had like really good ratings and stuff like that so there's a lot to take in uh and keep an eye on for this for um each each flight you take with passengers big thing again you don't want to run out of fuel um which i've done that a couple of times where taking 
take on a flight and run out of fuel and you just, you float around stranded and you kind of basically um, lose your ship if you run out of fuel or something happens like, you know, asteroids hit it or something and damage it so much that it can't be used anymore. So you don't want to do those things. So you want to try to maintain it as much as possible. Obviously it costs money to do those things. So every time passengers fly on your ship, they pay you, you know, you've got to use that money towards fuel and other things. And then there's uh, all kinds of upgrades you got to do with the ship as well at the different terminals that you, you don't have to do them. You can, you can do them if they're, if they're affordable um, for you to purchase with the money that you've made so far. There's stuff like you can upgrade your um, chairs that the passengers sit in. Um, you can add bathrooms on, on the spaceship. You can upgrade the, the food. You can upgrade other, other things that make the ship better, maybe faster. So there's a lot that you can purchase, but there's also some freebies here and there where a passenger will leave a gift behind and then you open it up and find out it's, um, you know, you got a chair or you've got actually another um, steward um, that can help you on the, on the ship and stuff like that. So there's a lot of things like that that are pretty cool. Yeah, um, the music, I, I like the music a lot. The music yeah. is really good. Yeah, the music in the terminals is really is really good. I, I really enjoyed the music in the terminals. There, it has, as as it says on this on their on their website, is a '60s retro style feel to the to the terminals and stuff like that. And you'll and you'll see it if you if you know what I mean. Um, when you when you go to the different terminals, you'll see like the furnitures kind of got that. Uh, if you've seen seen a lot of like old uh, pictures from the '60s where they went kind of they were like futuristic looking type furniture and that type of stuff. So, but I guess, you know, the sixties was kind of like that where everything was going to be, we were going to be pretty soon. We're going to be flying and in jets and, you know, uh, living in space and all that stuff. So there was a lot of that thought uh, in the sixties and, and they, they definitely put that in the game here, which is really cool. Um, A lot of color. Yeah, it looks really nice. I like it a lot. It's really awesome. Very pleasing to the eye. Yeah, Um, you can pick your different the different people um, as far as who you who you want your pilot to be. So you can just because you you know get selected with maybe this you know a guy you want to be a, a female pilot, you just walk over to another character that's a female and just and change that character to a female you can select your um color of your uniform you can pick the name of the uh, airline that you want it to be there's a lot of different options and there's a lot of different upgrades and other things that their achievements and stuff like that that they're um that, that are that's in the game and um i think there's gonna be a lot more coming downloadable content as well to this game which will be really cool it's a uh, it's it's it is it can be um tough like i said to play at times because you have to really keep an eye on the two things but i think and i i haven't done it yet but i i want to try using you know hopefully i can try using one of those uh stewards that i got and maybe maybe that would be one of those things where they can take care of the passenger type of thing and i could take care of the flying the spacecraft that'd be awesome but you can play multiplayer too um, so they can, you know, if you got a multi, if you're doing multiplayer, you can have a friend, you know, 
do one of the two things. So it'd be, I think multiplayer would be awesome playing with this game because then you can both take care of different things. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool game. A lot of fun to play. Like Mr. K was saying, the music's really good. The colors are great. The the, the characters, I um the characters seem very familiar to me, and I'm not sure where else I've seen characters similar to this. Maybe I. I don't know if they look familiar to you or not, but they they kind of do. They <clears> give me. I don't know if it's a cartoon, maybe or something. I don't know where where I've seen the characters. They they kind of looked familiar to me right off the bat when I saw them, and I was like, "Wow!" Oh. But I don't know where I'm where where I've I think they look familiar to from. You know, like I said, it's either a cartoon they're, or another they, game. Uh, they remind me. Do you want know they remind me of? They're think the uncooked people overcooked oh yeah okay maybe that's where because yeah. they also have i don't think they also have arms and they also have like little pudgy bodies yeah 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 but yeah the um it's the the passengers on the passengers on the ship will get you into we'll get into all kinds of mischiefs so you do have to pay that's another thing you have to pay attention to they'll roam around the ship at times um they'll play with some of the mechanics of the ship so like in one of my flights one of them was playing with the gravity machine and turned the gra- gravity off and you can pick it's funny you can pick up the passengers and carry them around but when they do that when you do that they don't really like that they get pretty upset <laughs> <laughs> but and then one of the other things i forgot to mention was the um inspector um you might get a random visit from a, um, a, an inspector on your ship and they might give you a bad rating for the ship, which might shut your space travel down. So you don't want, you want to make sure that that you clean your ship and stuff like that. Because at the terminals, you can refuel, you can fix the ship, but you can also do um, cleaning maintenance in the ship. So you know that's one of those things. Like every once in a while, you want to select that. So in case you get visited by an inspector. Your ship is relatively clean and it won't get shut down. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot to this game. It's going to be different every time you play because it's roguelike. Yeah, but I'm sure you'll enjoy it if you like roguelikes or, uh, mm. yeah, hell, it can even be a party game. Yeah, exactly. Really fun party game, especially as like a multiplayer type game, especially as a multiplayer type game. There's a lot of different things you can do. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of the upgrades are, um, you, you're going to need a lot of money to buy some of the upgrades you know, within the game. But I think if you're a better pilot and better at taking care of your passengers than me, um, that shouldn't be a problem. So, but there's a lot, um, lot coming, a lot uh, they're going to do for this game. So, um, definitely if you're interested in that, um, and you like the retro style type colors and looks uh especially something from the yeah. 60s you're gonna really enjoy this game it's really yeah a lot definitely of fun. go definitely go check it out so we're but gonna uh, without further ado so without further ado we're gonna do um we're gonna hand it to past us and uh <laughs> we'll be back yeah so uh here's the interview hello and welcome to indestructible gaming and more i'm muska shot alongside me is uh my co-host mr k and we have a special guest with us this episode. It's Fabio Rosa from 
He's uh, one of the co-founders and head of studio at Coffee Knots in Sao Paulo, Brazil, right? That's right. All right. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, really so, to have you here. So we're excited to talk to uh, Fabio because he uh, his company, Coffee Knots, is um, to develop a new game that's coming out in March. Um, I believe it's March 10th is the scheduled release date. Uh, so uh, we're changing it to like a month later okay. than that. So like okay. a, a end of April, but of April. yeah, pretty Somewhere. much. Yeah. Okay. And it, and the game is called uh, Space Lines um, from the Far Out. And, That's um, right. And that is, um, it's a, there's a demo available at on, on Steam. Um, so if you want to get a early try at this game, this, you can go to the Steam and download the demo. Uh, but otherwise, if you want to wait for the full game to come out, it'll be uh, April. But it'll be on Steam. And then are you are you releasing it on um, other platforms like Xbox or Switch or anything like that as, at some point? Yes. Uh, um, the initial release, we're going to uh, simultaneously release on uh, Epic Game Store, Steam, uh, Xbox. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, for the for Epic Games and Steam, we're simultaneously releasing a PC, Mac, and Linux. Oh, okay. Versions. Oh, wow. So, so a lot of time everything. building the game. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, your your company was, um, Coffee Nuts was founded in 2018. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. And uh, if you're, if, if listeners are interested in visiting your website, it's at uh, coffeenots.com coffee spelled as it normally is and then knots it's n-a-u-t-s all one word coffeenots.com but uh, you can also be found on facebook and twitter as well so plenty of plenty of places to go and check out um, your website and other information about this game space lines from the far out um is it um there's a question i had it, it escaped me now but for is it difficult to get a game on all those different platforms all at once, or is it does it take a lot more developing work to get it to, on there? Um, yeah, this is something that uh, it's funny. Like uh, we usually don't predict this type of hassle that's going to be to add a game to a platform. Like usually we think, okay, we got to market the game, we got to make the game, and that's mm-hmm. it. But uh, like you're selling the game at a platform that has a lot of uh, prerequisites and and stuff like that, so it it it's a lot of work to release on all those platforms. But uh, for in our case, it was particularly uh, a lot of work because uh, we decided to add uh, achievements. That's the thing mm-hmm. we have in the game, and uh, the game oh. is uh, online multiplayer with cross-platform. So we have to be able to implement stuff like uh, invite people through Steam, and if you're playing somebody on Steam and somebody on Xbox at the same time, the game has to tell people it's doing that. So there's a lot of things involved with just getting the game to run on the platform. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, for all the developers out there, uh, reserve a lot of time for that <laughs> yeah oh, i bet yeah i can't imagine it's it's i mean you, you you hear about um developers when they put out a game sometimes they they, they limit it to like you know maybe just we're putting it on steam first or something like that with hopes to 
get it to Xbox or Switch or PlayStation at some point down the road. But you guys are really, you're getting it out there on everything, which is really, really cool. So. Yeah, we're a little crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a good idea for, like, yeah. especially if you're self-publishing, right? Uh, to go uh, through Steam first and then think of yeah. other things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best way to go. Yeah. Now you you and your um, co-founder uh, Pedro Pachara, mm-hmm. um, you met in college and you you founded Coffee Nuts and. This this game, Space Lines from the Far Out, was part of a college project, I believe, from on your website. It said that you were working on it together. Um, so how did you first connect in college? And then was this final project what made you both decide to form Coffee Nuts? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so we, uh, by the way, uh, when I say college, um, I'm specifically talking about, like, uh, it's a... Uh, college level uh game mm-hmm. design course we okay. have here in sao paulo which is pretty cool like oh, uh, yeah it's, it's actually really neat yeah it's like four years uh and uh, uh it's, it's 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 college uh but it is game design college so we learn about all kind of all kinds of stuff and uh, i met uh, pedro and also the other uh co-creators of uh, space lines uh uh Actually, in the first semester of the uh, first uh, the first year of, of college, and uh, this particular course is pretty interesting because uh, every semester you have to uh, kind of graduate that semester with a finished project. Mm-hmm. So even like the, the first semester, when we we don't know how to program, we don't know how to use, like uh, do all uh, mess with Unity, we have to make a board game because we already have to learn how to. You know, project management, uh, project management, and uh, create like game design things. So uh, every semester you need to have a project. And uh, uh, Pedro and I, we we really clicked from the beginning because uh, I'm a very anxious person and he's a very anxious person, and uh, we're both very ambitious. So like we took all these projects so seriously that I feel like I have had this company with him for since 2014 which is when we started so like every time we made a project we were thinking let's make something as if we're gonna sell it to the market not just as a school project and then we already in college we started to refine our kind of uh uh our chemistry and the way we 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 manage stuff and um and uh, then when we got to the final year we had to make this big project this uh, this uh, uh, this uh, game demo and uh, Spaceline started there. And after we left, we we're like, okay, that's going to be the one we're going to shoot for and uh, try to get investments. Oh, that's neat. So now did you have prior um, developing um, uh, background before you started the course? Or did you like play around at home with some of your own stuff at developing things uh no yeah that's that's uh uh i've always been a nerd and i like uh, messing with stuff and uh, messing with computers and stuff like that but uh Mm -hmm. uh up until 2019 so the i already was already started coffee i i will i worked as an english teacher okay so i worked for a long time as an english teacher and uh then I was like, okay, you know, I want to 
have a uh, a career that fits my personality more. Then I found out about this course. And then uh, my mission was, okay, I'm going to change. I'm going to start being an English teacher eventually. And it, it, it happened. So now I'm a mm -hmm. game developer. And uh, uh, I hope it, I mean, it is turning out uh, good, but uh, yeah. I hope it, it's a yeah, long-term thing. So yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you, you made this thing back in college and now it's, coming out and it's big and people know about it. it must feel pretty good it does it feels very unreal also it's hard to believe especially because uh i mean there are some very nice very cool brazilian games there are some brazilian video game developers but uh this never happened with this student project from brazil and i know this is very common like uh, i've seen a lot of awesome games that I, I later found out there were student projects like from France, uh, from, from America. And, uh, but so it's pretty unreal. And uh, a lot of the times it feels like we're going on a path that is that we have no reference to like uh, if it's right or not, because we're uh, uh, trailing. What, what's the word? We're, we're making that path, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you there's others that probably haven't done some anything similar to what you've done from Brazil. That so you're sort of leading the way in the. In, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that like uh, are uh, we didn't really expect that would be uh, uh, challenges, and then they came, and then we had to like uh, when we got the uh, uh, the nomination for the award in America, I didn't even have a visa, an American mm -hmm. visa. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that we had to wing and we're still here. So yeah, that's excellent. Okay. That's excellent. So how did you get the name coffee knots? The story is more obvious than I wanted it to be. I wish it was something amazing. Like an astronaut brought me coffee <laughs> from space, but uh, <laughs> really it's just that, uh, uh, Pedro and I, we are uh, extremely ridiculously addicted to coffee and uh it feels like the our our third business partner as a you know like mm -hmm. uh, it it really got us through college uh because like uh we were both uh doing college and working at the same time i was uh, still teaching english all the time and then uh uh for 2018 and 2019 uh the 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 whole project was a side Thing because we were like, okay, well, let's present this to a bunch of people and try to get, we didn't have really investments and money. So we had to do a lot of things at the same time. And coffee, as uh, most of the world is familiar, uh, it, it helps with this type of thing. So, you know, uh, it's kind of a tribute to our favorite drug ever. <laughs> 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 also, we're like, we like space. So, yeah. Astronauts. Who doesn't? Uh, now you didn't. Um, of when I, now playing the game, I haven't seen any yet. But uh, did you think about putting any like little coffee um, bistros in the any of the terminals or anything like that? Yes, we're doing that actually. There's, oh, okay, great. There's a we're gonna have a coffee knots cafe. Oh, excellent! Big space terminal. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> does uh, Sao Paulo and Brazil uh, as a country have a large gaming audience? Yeah, uh, I think Brazil, uh, 
it's been a while since I last checked this, but I think Brazil is like uh, in the top five uh, uh, countries in the world with the, uh, with the most people playing games. Like we have a wow. humongous gaming community. Like people love video games here in Brazil. Uh, and it's a huge country. I mean, it's a, uh, and uh, Sao Paulo is also a huge city. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people play games in Brazil. It's a major thing, uh, myself included. Uh, what is uh, not big, I mean, I, I, I should say it's not proportional to how many gamers we have is how many game industry uh, companies we have mm-hmm. here. So I don't know, I'm hoping I can be uh helping change that statistic um but yeah a lot of people love games here have you seen the a large growth of like indie game industries in brazil i mean well yeah uh uh it's been it's been a steady growth i think for the past uh uh few years like uh we had like those some pioneers like some people who, who you know made uh games by themselves and it was just an experiment and it, it's kind of an, an industry forming is a very complicated thing it's not just about people wanting to work or companies but also it's the whole circuit you know like uh, uh i am from uh uh maybe a maybe i'm not uh a pioneer in all, every sense of the word because I'm, i come from a generation of people that want to work with games from brazil that had a, a course like I, I was able to study mm-hmm. game design and uh, and make the company here and like uh, to have this kind of cycle that like in, in America that's very established. Like you you study it somewhere and then you work right next to the place and then you do you collaborate with the university and it's a whole closed loop and that's still being developed here. But I can I can tell you guys that it's it's a steady growth. Like we have a lot of game companies in brazil we have some uh some big ones uh, I, I i'm not gonna say they're uh uh g- ginormous but like uh uh big as in like there's uh, i think the biggest one maybe has 200 people or 250 people working there it's a lot my yeah. company has seven yeah. Yeah. so and uh and something nice that's in, that's been happening for the past like uh, also a few years is that the government uh the brazilian government uh has always subsidized like uh, culture and cinema and this type of thing like uh, brazilian music is very famous abroad uh, there's a lot of brazilian movies that uh uh that uh, get picked up internationally and now the government is understanding that there is this looming industry which is the game industry so now uh we have like uh, government organizations that uh like uh, help us uh, you know figure out how to go to an international convention and mm-hmm. uh you know uh kind of uh this is something that uh is, is uh uh a pretty common thing uh that uh, these organizations that uh subsidize and help a little bit so it's pretty promising, and uh, a good thing is that people are very excited about working with games here. Uh, and uh, and for international investors, it's uh, that excitement mixed with like uh, some 
uh, let's say, exchange rate uh, benefits and makes Brazil a good place to invest uh, in game companies. So it's promising. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in um, in 2020, you guys closed the publishing deal with Skystone Games. Yes. So did you or Pedro reach out to Skystone Games or did they reach out to you? How did that work out? Uh, uh, we we reached out to to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, the something that uh, I had been doing since early 2018 was I would go to uh, uh, like online or uh, or or in person events mm-hmm. to I would like uh, schedule a meeting with hundred publishers or like I I, I probably pitched Space Lines to maybe 500 different people over the years uh, wow. it's a uh, it takes a lot of persistence and uh, then I uh, in uh, early 2020 I was looking at a list of publishers and I saw uh, this new one and they were starting out and uh, I talked to them and we kind of clicked uh, and it, it it happened. They 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 decided to uh, to close the deal with us. So it was pretty oh, cool. Nice. So it must it, it's got to be a little tough too, though. We you're reaching out to all these different publishers, and you know they're not all that interested. Is it? It must be kind of tough to go like, oh, you know, are we ever going to get this thing published? You know, or are we just going to do it on our own and you know, it's. I mean, it's great that Skystone was able to click with you guys, but it must be difficult to deal with a lot of the, you know, the declining, you know, opportunities well, there from them. The other publishers just lost it. They lost it. It was, it was a really good game. <laughs> Thank you. That's very flattering. Uh, well, you know, it's yes, it's very hard uh, to just it's to hear the word no. So many times, but uh, I don't know. It's there are some things that uh, you have to have very clear in your mind, uh, and so you you can deal with it. Like mm. uh, I guess the fact that we're from Brazil and it's a student project, we always were very careful to manage expectations. You know, like to be like, I'm sure they're gonna say no, but it's that doesn't mean that we would stop like if you're sure they're going to say no why would you stop because there is a chance right so so we're gonna so that's the first thing you should keep in mind the second thing is that it was never an idea we had like oh let's do it self let's do it our own on our own let's self-publish let's Mm -hmm. uh uh use our own funds and uh uh you know like get a loan a bank loan because uh, uh, part of us knew that we also needed a publisher or needed to have that experience of have have dozens of people say that our game is bad. That's what makes the game good, you know. And uh, I think a, a big problem that people have is that they 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 already think their game is amazing, right? right. And it never is. And yep. uh, there's uh, even like space lines. I think there's so much that we can that we need to fix. But we're always trying to. Uh, it, it's so 
there is a part of that every time we heard no, that was like, okay, but why not? I, I know I'm not trying to, to be difficult. Just tell me why not. So maybe for next meeting, I, so we, we would use that as sort of a, have to get professional feedback. Yep. And the, the third thing that I think really helped is uh, we, we were patient. Like uh, I didn't quit my English teaching job as soon as somebody told me that the game was good. I, it, it involves being patient and, and also, okay, I'm going to use the weekends to, to do stuff with the game or uh, late nights or stuff like that. Because uh, I think that's a thing that happens to a lot of startup, startups. They, they, they accidentally enter this uh, euphoria or somebody gives them some money and they're like, okay, cool, let's start. And then they buy a, an office and then there was no, uh, it, it just, it, you know, like how people that win the lottery yeah, uh, yeah. go broke, yeah. you know, because it's not sustainable. Right. So I only left uh, teaching English when I was like, okay, uh, two uh, uh, big American companies already, uh, because before Skystone, uh, Xbox also gave us some support. Oh, wow. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that's the reason they, they actually first they came. Uh, they, that's the reason we're releasing on Xbox. Uh, so, mm, like, I okay. Did, no, I didn't sorry. see you guys on ID at Xbox a while back. I mean, I, I don't remember too much yeah, about because that was a very long presentation but i do remember <laughs> seeing you guys there yeah it was kind of uh, amazing uh uh i met the xbox uh people at uh gdc uh 2019 oh. uh san francisco and uh we had just won the prizes and i, I was holding the 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 prizes in my like in both hands and i had this meeting scheduled with xbox and then i sat on the table and i put the prizes on the table and that was kind of a power move <laughs> and, uh, and so i was like okay boom. so yeah my name is fabio and we, we clicked and xbox is a i don't know how they do it but it's like it's a huge huge company that belongs to this huge conglomerate but they're so nice over there like it's a great people to work with and they listen and it's Awesome. So they liked us. And these things are like, okay, I think we're, we're on to something. And then after all of this, we're like, okay, you know what? That's my job now. That's my nice. job. Nice. So ha I haven't taught awesome. English in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good say. It's a good story though, because it's like you said, you got to be persistent and be willing to take the, the lumps and, and, and take that feedback and learn from it. And, um, and then and stay, you know, positive on your on, on your game and what you want to do with it. And you know, it, it takes time. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of developers sometimes, you know, they they kind of give up on on things when they probably shouldn't. You know, just keep keep at it and keep working on it. Yeah, you know, good things will come if you if you keep working. And so it's yeah. it's great. Every game can get good. If you're open enough to accept, right. Fabio. As far as a publisher, like, what is their role in your in for your game? Is it more of a marketing role, or or do they 
provide support and um, money or how to, how, what do, what does a publisher actually do for you, the developer? Uh, there's a lot of different types of publisher deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depends on the situation, but uh, I guess there are three major ways that uh, publisher the, the publishers uh, work with developers. So first, and uh, it's uh, by funding a project, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they provide funds, and and that those funds are. Uh, Depends on the deal. Like there, they can be recouped through sales. Like we have a revenue share agreement. Okay, so you're gonna help me make this game, and then we share whatever we sell. Mm-hmm. And uh, and th- it can be different depending on the publisher. Some publishers might buy the the intellectual property. It's not our case. Uh, the other way is that w- like what you said with the uh, marketing and uh, like it, it it goes beyond marketing. It's really publishing because uh, it's all also about uh, um, helping put you in some platforms. Uh, you know, uh, Xbox, we got on our own, but like uh, uh, Skystone contacted Epic Game Store and, you know, it's kind of uh, helping get the word out there. And third, and this, I guess, depends on the publisher but uh in our case uh, david brevik the the guy who created diablo he is uh, one of the co the uh, the co-founders of skystone uh is giving feedback and uh you know giving you some uh tips and that's also a pretty surreal thing that i can't believe i'm even saying it like uh the guy <laughs> who made diablo frequently <laughs> goes <laughs> on calls with us and he's like oh you know you should make you should make that thing a little faster or you should add a timer or you should add that so with actual feedback uh, about the game so that's how oh okay great that's, that's still awesome that you know the guy who made diablo yeah it's uh, uh yeah it's it's really really weird that sounds like something I just bring up in like a lunch conversation. It would spark something between everyone because that sounds that's just some, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I that's the, the the annoying thing is that I became I, I I met the guy that made Diablo and then the pandemic hit. I, I don't have enough uh, social interaction so I can flex that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool, and he's he's a he's a great guy also. So, Spacelines from the Far Out is a roguelike co-op where you know the pilot of a passenger aircraft is your own, and your mission is to transport guests from one terminal to another in space. While you do this, you need to cater to the passengers' needs. Um, how how did the idea for that come about? Uh, uh, that's a. Uh, that's a question that I have a good, uh, uh, interesting answer to, instead, uh, unlike the coffee notes one, because <laughs> um, because we were we created this game in this academic environment, uh, we had to uh, the the games that we created in the final year project, we had to have this sort of a, a academic justification for why we wanted to explore this like uh, an academic in the sense of like a, uh, we had to justify it as some sort of research 
You know what I mean? Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna re- like I'm gonna research games for blind people or whatever. And uh, and in our case, uh, at that time we were really really into uh, couch co-op games and uh, uh, Overcooked, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're really tight tight knit group and really like to play games together. And uh, we're not very good at games, so we preferred co-op games. We didn't really like competing. And I guess this is the first, the initial spark came, uh, and I'm in no way saying Overcooked uh, is is not good. Uh, I love the game. It's amazing. But uh, the initial spark was we were playing Overcooked a lot, and then we finished it. And then we were like... So uh, do you want to play that particular level again? And then we did, but we're like, okay, we already know how to beat that level. And then we started to understand that, okay, Overcooked is a puzzle game. It's, of course, it's couch co-op. It's about cooking. It's frantic, but it is really a puzzle game. And the puzzle is you have to figure out the optimal strategy and uh, how to organize your team to finish that level uh, in time. So we were like, okay, so Overcooked, there's a lot of level design behind this game. Uh, it's not just the mechanics, it's just a lot of level design. That's really where the game shines, but that the game is over at a certain point. So we're like, okay, uh, uh, what games are, aren't so reliant on level design, but also have a lot, uh, uh, have well-balanced uh, experiences and we th- immediately thought thought of roguelike genre like uh, faster than light. So uh, unlike uh, Overcooked or uh, games like it, like you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you can play the same level a hundred times and it's always going to be slightly different. So we're thinking, okay, can we do Overcooked, but with like everything is procedural and the challenges are uh, they kind of it's like roguelike and uh, everything is randomly generated and that that sounds simple but uh it's really hard to find something like it because that's the thing uh usually roguelike games have combat and they have enemies mm. and they have uh, dungeons and uh it's like you can create a lot of variety, and it's a very, it's a thing that the game design that the game design and the game industry is really perfected. Like a, how to have a lot of variety in terms of combat, and uh, but uh, our game is not violent. Like we want to make a game that is about it's a cooperative game, so we're not competing against each other, and our objective is not like because I can tell you a very good procedural co-op game that is infinitely replayable. Left for Dead. But it's really yeah. not for kids. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, right. that's that's true. <laughs> Left for that, that is amazing. It's it's a cooperative game that you can play millions of times. Like a Portal yes. Two is is really cool. But once you play it, you're done. That's it. You figured out the campaign. It's a puzzle game. <laughs> for that, you kept going. You kept going. You kept going because like the game self balanced and it changed what's going to uh, happen and it's always the same campaign but it's always different you never know where the tank is going to appear and what, what weapons you're going to have so we're like okay we're, we got to do like a left for dead engine for an overcooked like game so we can have this sort of roguelike co-op party game so we came up with 
baselines from afar out. That's kind of the end result of that. It's uh, it it you have a we had to create a lot of different mechanics. So the game had a lot of emergence, like emergent uh, dynamic uh, situations. So the, the game could have enough tools to always give you fresh challenges, and uh, uh, and uh, in a, also never be too difficult or unfair. It's a big, it's a really big challenge. And that's where the idea came from. And uh, uh, why is it in space? Like I said, everything is cooler in space. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone likes space. Yeah. 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 So now the, the uh, a lot of the characters will have, you know, bubbles or like a box in front of them. Down below, there's their faces and stuff like that. And they're roaming around on the ship. And on the ship, it, and, and in front of their faces, it'll tell them tell you basically the pilot what their needs are. I'm hungry. I need entertainment. I need a bathroom, all that types of stuff. So um, that's, I mean, I, was there any other ideas that you were thinking of as far as how the, you wanted the passengers to sort of tell their, what they wanted or needs besides that, or was that basically the, the easiest way to kind of yeah, there, do that? There were, oh, there were a lot of ideas. And yeah. uh, when we were, when we were like, okay, we're going to do like this customer service, <laughs> service industry game. And uh, uh, we were thinking a really cool game on that front is Roller Coaster Tycoon because it yeah. it has a bunch of like these yeah. AI little guys and you can see how they're feeling, etc. But uh, uh, we had to remind ourselves, this is a party game. We want people to just hop in and play maybe they can play for 15 minutes and that's their play session and uh so how do you uh because in the roller coaster you can click on a guy and then you know everything about him his name right. his, yeah. if he's like how the percentage of his nausea how if he's hungry if he's satisfied so uh not just with the passengers but actually with most things in the game we wanted to make it uh visible like a, a, i think the 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 word is diegetic like mm -hmm. we wanted to make it something that you can see in game so we had to make the animations they show that they're hungry they show that they're pissed off or they're bored and uh if we're going to use uh, graphic elements like on a heads up display they we did, we didn't want any any text we had to use a lot of color and uh, icons and uh it's really hard. Uh, one of the, the the mechanics in the game that came from this uh, challenge was the health inspector, mm -hmm. because uh, when we were developing the game, we were kind of getting bored of just like there's only two ways of losing the game: you run out of fuel or your your ship explodes. But we were like, if that's the only, the case, we're never going to lose the game if you're a bad airline, a bad space line. And in Roller Coaster Tycoon, if you do a bad job, if a lot of people die in your park, or if they, there is no food, or if everything is dirty, you can lose the game. Mm -hmm. In Roller Coaster Tycoon, because a management game, you have the stats. So if your park gets below this percentage of rating, you're going to lose. And that's fine for a game like that. But we thought, okay, we have to make the way you lose the game because you're doing a bad job. We have to make that diegetic and and uh, and narrative, so that's why we created the health inspector guy. It's a guy that comes to your ship if your reputation is low, and uh, he makes you lose the game because he saw something 
that you can see. It's all there. Uh, so that became the, the third and the funniest way you can lose in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely lost uh, because I ran out of fuel a couple of times. So, you know, it's, yeah. you know, sometimes the, the passengers, they, uh, they'll, they'll, they kind of uh, distract you a little bit. <laughs> yep. You go by the terminal and you're like, Oh my gosh, I went right by it. Now I'm late. Oh, but oh yeah, uh, let's see. Each space terminal ha- had a different design and the color scheme. Um, and your website mentions a '60s retro space odyssey. Uh, did that idea come from past experience traveling, or like looking for inspiration at like posters and pictures and magazines? I guess uh, over the over the years, we we had like we, we we had a lot of reasons to want to have like the '60s retro look. I guess the most boring and simplest one is it's very charismatic like uh and it's it's weird because uh up until uh, and uh, now uh we didn't really see a lot of games that like we saw a lot of retro futuristic games but like Fallout it's kind of 50s 40s diesel punk uh like uh Reagan aesthetic. It's kind of like scary sci-fi from the 40s and 50s. Uh, you see some like uh, 80s inspired stuff, like cyberpunk games or uh, alien stuff. Uh, but you had this whole world of uh, uh, retro science fiction from the 60s, which is like from the time of the original Star Trek, that everything was a little more colorful. Like uh, we had this... Uh, in between moment, like you had the forties, it was like the monster from Planet Nine, forties, fifties, <laughs> and then sixties. Space was amazing. It was colorful and fun, and it was just this huge, awesome utopia of comfort. And then after, like uh, the first Alien movie, and then uh, you know uh, the, the the stuff from the seventies and eighties, the future got dark again and got like a grimy and awful. Uh, so. In movies, you see a lot of uh, stuff inspired in, by the 60s, like uh, uh, Pixar. They love using mid-century modern stuff or like The Incredibles is basically set in the 60s. But we didn't really see that a lot in games. There's one game, which is called Evil Genius, which is really cool. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's like inspired by uh, James Bond movies from the 60s. <laughs> and so we, we kind of saw this gap there. But like, why retrofuturistic in the first place? Uh, because uh, there's something inherently funny about looking at how people saw the future in the past. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, to, it, it, it's kind of humbling. You see how wrong we what we were. Like, oh, <laughs> see these things from the oh, by the year twenty something, you will be able to print your newspaper at your home that's not as wrong <laughs> but we, we we like that and uh, we in in the game we try to create stuff that is nonsensical like why would you need to uh uh use uh, space airlines if there is teleportation or like these nonsensical things and we're not we're not the first ones to do retrofuturism for comedy uh futurama is 
mm-hmm. a big inspiration for us. Like they really nailed that uh, retro thing and that nonsensical sci-fi thing. I really like how there's an episode there. They want to fill the swimming pool and they have like instant water. It's like a powder thing. And then you have to add water for it to become water. It's, it's weird. It <laughs> I love that show so much. Uh, Rick and Marty does that a lot. Also the, like, uh, uh, so it, it, we didn't want it to look like Halo. Not Nothing against Halo. It's just that Halo is just futurism. It's sci-fi. Mm. It, you know, everything is leak. And uh, we wanted to have stuff made of wood in space, you know? Uh, so it's kind of a look and it's, it's really fun. And I guess the, the final thing that we, which the reason we chose the sixties is because, uh, a lot of people consider the sixties to be also like this golden age of, uh, air travel. Like there's a lot of iconic stuck stuff related to air travel from the sixties. Like we have Pan Am and TWA. They made that crazy, uh, uh, airport terminal in New York. Uh, uh, it's kind of glamorous, and, uh, and you have these uh, the the flight attendants. They have really uh, elaborate clothes, and mixing that with aliens vomiting, it's, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of um, the look of the game um, in animation and stuff like that. The, the colors, the scheme that you use, it reminds me of stuff that you would see like in the sixties from like cartoons, like the Jetsons or, you know, what, what um, Disney was doing in Disneyland with what tomorrow land would be and how, you know, you go on the rise and it was like, you know, people in these spaceships and, or, or in living in space. And yeah, it was kind of reminds you like one of those like terminal videos, like instructional videos you'd watch while on the plane. And it's like for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there was a, 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 a world fair in the yeah. 60s that had all these kind of like the uh, the city of tomorrow. Mm. And uh, and it's funny, like it's... Uh, yeah, Space Science Front of Art is a very Americanized game. Like it's... It's... A, it's... A, it's, a, it's also about that kind of, you know, consumer culture from the 60s and like uh, uh, you're going to, uh, oh, your life will be made uh, 10 million times better because you're going to have this washing machine and uh, <laughs> and this toaster. And, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of nostalgia. It's kind of uh, uh, making fun uh, and uh, paying tribute at the same time. Right. Yeah. So now the uh, music that you guys use in the terminals, is that something that you guys created or did you have somebody develop some of that, um, come up with that music has a very relaxing sound to it. I know, I know every time I was roaming around in the terminals, I was like, I love the music in this, in these terminals. It just, it, it reminds me of being an actual terminal. I mean, sometimes, you know, for, uh, you know, going on a flight or something, but. That was a huge deal for us. Uh, like, uh, well, I'm a I'm a big uh, jazz guy, and mm-hmm. uh, the '60s were also a very interesting uh, era for for music, uh, and particularly particularly for Brazilian people, because like you got like in the '40s and bebop and jazz and uh, in the '50s, and then 
by the 60s, America was getting a little more, you know, wacky. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, we had, you had the British invasion and America was kind of accepting stuff from, 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 from other countries. And you saw a lot of jazz people uh, adding like Latin uh, percussion instruments. And, uh, and from Brazil, the major thing that came to America was uh, Bossa Nova. Mm-hmm. with uh, Tom Jobim and uh, uh, these famous Brazilian musicians. And uh, so we were thinking, we, we really want to get that aesthetic. And uh, also, uh, so to us, it was important that we should have some Brazilian uh, or Brazilian sounding music in the game, but also uh, that whole, uh, you know, big band, uh, 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 wholesome sound that you had like a, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I Dream of Genie mm-hmm. or Be- Bewitched or the, even the original Star Trek uh, uh, opening theme. They're very uh, like if you like yeah, there's a lot sci-fi, of sci-fi themes today. They're yeah. just like synthesizers and they're dark and they're like yeah. at that time it was like uh, whistles and, and, and magical stuff. So that was really important and we spent a lot of time thinking about that and uh, we created this playlist, this whole kind of a mood board and uh, for us to create the soundtrack because we wanted to invest a good, good money in it. Uh, the problem was uh, that's who's going to make that? Who's going to do that? I'm, I'm, I'm not a musician. I just like music. So uh, thankfully, uh, uh, we, we 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 contacted a guy called uh, Michel Fredensen, and uh, he is is uh, uh, he's like one of the best jazz piano players in Brazil. He's played with a lot of uh, 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 incredible people over the years, and uh, he is a, he is he he has his own band and he plays, but he also uh, makes music uh, for. Uh, for stuff for cinema for for advertising he had never made for games we contacted him and he was like okay i think i got it and then he showed us a sample from like is that what you're looking for and the sample was the the space lines theme which is the, the song <laughs> that plays in the in the uh home menu of the game yeah. and we were like oh my god you got it that's it's perfect <laughs> so we closed the deal and he made all the music in the game and we were so happy about it. Uh, I think in my opinion, that's maybe the my favorite thing in the game is the music. Okay. You, have to, you have to put out a soundtrack for uh, people. Yeah. I see a lot of people that do I that on Steam. That. They put out the soundtrack from the game. As oh a yeah, separate, that's, that's... Separate download too. But on Spotify, yeah. I'd listen. <laughs> right. Uh, were there any thoughts of adding voice acting to the game in voiceovers? Yes, uh, uh, we, there's a lot of written text in the game, but the, the characters don't speak. Right? The, 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 currently, all the voices of the aliens, uh, our sound guy, he made those. Uh, he made him himself like, so oh, the, the, the alien is bored and he went like, uh, the alien is uh, nervous, you know, gibberish. Uh, so there is voice acting uh, in a way. Uh, but we were considering uh, recently that it would be fun to have different voices for each alien, even if it's just a gibberish. 
but we thought that maybe we could get uh, people from outside the team to to do those voices. This is something like a, still an idea in progress, but you know, who knows? Like some, we get some astronaut to do the voice of one of the aliens, or some uh, some people uh, in the space industry, or uh, something fun. So that would be really cool. Yeah, you know, like uh, we get uh, uh, who knows Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson to be the voice of a <laughs> or one of the grumpy aliens or whatever. I wouldn't enjoy. I would enjoy to hear that. <laughs> but it's just a, an idea. So currently, the only voices we have are our sound guy Arthur doing gibberish on a microphone. <laughs> I get there's a lot of play replayability in the game. Um, which is always a plus when you buy a game. I like that a lot, honestly. Uh, how important was this when developing it? Uh, extremely. Uh, especially considering the whole initial idea that we wanted a more replayable Overcooked. So that was really important, but not just because we wanted it, but also it's... Uh, a mistake that we see a lot of people that want to get into making games is that their ideas are like, okay, I want to make a really cool story-driven game or I'm going to make like a... Uh, every time you decide to make a story-driven game or you decide to make a game that uh, uh, is going to be long because you're going to have a lot of content, that's a bad idea for a first-timer, for an indie, in, indie uh, developer. When you're an indie developer, if you want to make a story game, just accept that it's going to be a short game. And it's going to be like a one hour long and it's going to be a short story and that's it. And because you're going to have to make it, right? Like Just like Phil Duncan from Overcooked, he, it's not a story-driven game, but it is a level design-based game. He had to design every single level and it's hard. So when you are indie and you want to make a game that has that you're trying to reach for uh, many hours of gameplay, the best bang for your buck you can have is to create a game that has a system that can create gameplay on its own. That's why uh, roguelikes are, are, are such a, a good deal when you're an indie, indie, indie creator because you create the system. You don't have to uh, make every single situation uh, by, by hand. So that was a really important decision also. We wanted a big-ish game that we could make uh, as, a, as a starting studio. Hmm. And so, that, that, that also applies for uh, uh, competitive games because competitive games are naturally replayable because the unpredictable part is the other guy. So that's right. also a good idea for indie uh, developers, like make a competitive game right. because then you don't need to create the gameplay. Players will create that. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things where we, we talk about a lot on our podcast when we're reviewing games is, you know, sometimes the question is, you know, is this game a replayable game? You know, is it something that you would play again more than, you know, once or twice? And some games that we've played are, are, are fantastic games, but then there's, you know, those you, you really think about it and you're like, okay, I, we've played it twice or, you know, whether it was together or with some, you know, us and then somebody else, 
But then after that, you're like, well, I don't think I could play it again. And maybe I could in a few years, but not anytime soon. So it, to me, I think it's real a big deal. If it's, if it's a replayable game that you could pick up at any time. And like you said, even if it's 15 minutes of just playing or half an hour playing, you know, it's, that's, I think worth the, the money to me, you know, as far as, a, you know, a consumer buying a game, I think that makes it a big plus. And uh, there's nothing wrong with a game not being replayable. It's just that no, right. it, it's, it, it's really what you want from that product and what you can deliver. Uh, it's like a movie, you know? You don't watch a movie hundreds of times in a row. It's a, it's a, it's a, you, you watch it and you're done. And that, right. that, that, that's something that mm. works for some business, uh, uh, some 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 business plans and some types of uh, budgets, but uh, if you're an indie developer and you want people going back to your game, absolutely, you need to make a replayable game. Yeah. So I know that when you first start up this game, you go through a quick tutorial, and it is a quick tutorial, which is great because it some games the tutorials are so long and so involved that you're like, oh my goodness. Uh, but this is great. It, it gets you gives you kind of a quick overview of the spaceship, how to maneuver, how to do things, how to handle the passengers. And then you just kind of write in it, throw, get in it, buy a ship and, you know, pick your uniform and all that stuff. So I, I guess is is a simple, it's a, you know, the game mechanics are relatively simple to play, pick up. Is That was, that had to have been pretty important for you guys, right? As far as, uh, you know, not over, you know, making it too difficult to just, you know, all kinds of different buttons that do and all kinds of things. It was, it, making it simple was probably the better way to go on this. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, something counterintuitive, one of the many thousands of things that I discovered that is counterintuitive over the years. Uh, like, what is harder? To make a game that you have like a, okay x uh, crouches b shoots a aims y uh, opens the menu like you have thirteen different actions in, in in the gamepad or a game that you just press a it's way harder to have just a because uh, the game has to think for you. That's kind of something that we had, we discovered. Like uh, uh, everything in space lines, you're just pushing the same button, uh, just the same the interaction button, which is uh, really the, the beauty of what these uh, these geniuses who brought back Couch Co-op uh, uh, Overcooked and uh, Lovers in Dangerous Space Line. That's what they've really figured out. Like uh, everything has to be contextual, and that makes it really simple for for players like the only thing you can do when you're at that situation is the thing you have to do but it makes it really hard for for developers because we have to make sure uh the game knows exactly what's happening what's in your hand uh, if your hands are empty what you're looking at and uh for it for just for for then you just hit the button and the game does it for you and it was a really important decision because we wanted it to be a party game and uh People just they, they they come to your home and you're playing and like oh can I join you yeah sure just go ahead it's right yeah you play it. It, just play it yeah it's not a you don't have to 
teach them all the different moves and all the different things that they, you know, some of these games that you have to, you have to be almost taught how to do all these things and almost go through a whole tutorial tutorial on your own before you can even pick up a controller. So that, yeah, I love the fact that you guys did that in this game. It's great. So the, um, a lot of the, in the, in the game, it, it's really important obviously to maintain your ship, make sure you refuel at the terminal at the different ports. Uh, sometimes you got to do maintenance on the ship. Um, and I, there's different upgrades that you can purchase at all the different terminals. So there's different, you can buy different chairs for the passengers to sit on. There's mm-hmm. toilets, there's all kinds of different things that you can buy. But one of the things I really liked was the, you know, sometimes the passengers leave packages behind in the terminal and you would get to open them and then get some sort of surprise. So it was like a couple of times I got, um, uh, uh, stewards or associates that would mm-hmm. that I could come work with me, and then other things were like uh, chairs and stuff of like that. So I thought that was a really cool idea. And I, because I mean, you're spending the money to, to refuel, do maintenance, and stuff of like that. And sometimes you don't have a lot of the money, depending on your gameplay. So I thought that was kind of a nice bonus to sort of be able to grab some of those things and and you know not have a person be frustrated by like, Oh, I, I don't have enough money to buy these things here. And, you know, you get those this nice little bonuses. So that was pretty cool that you guys threw that in there. That was really important from the start that uh, we had uh, constant rewards because that's really the beauty of uh, what faster than light did. Uh, faster than light is roguelike and it's procedural and uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, the procedural dungeon, but really it's always the same campaign. It's some variation, but uh, and some events may happen or may not happen, but it's always the same campaign. You have to get to the end and kill the boss. And it's the same thing in Space Lines. Uh, but uh, what what we wanted to do to keep people playing is that like, uh, uh, even though you're playing the same campaign always, there's always new stuff that's appearing. And uh, in the version that you guys played, uh, we uh, uh, we still haven't implemented all the uh, uh, spaceship, uh, the unlockable spaceships, but uh, uh, we want people to unlock spaceships right away. And, uh, you know, so you try with that one, that, that sucked. Let me try another one. And uh, and having these, uh, these packages, they, you know, one, they made the, we hope they make you want to keep going and finding out more until you see all the content in the game. So we spent a lot of time making, there's like 60 different unlockable characters, a hundred different unlockable uh, customizations for your company, like 30 different spaceship skins. Uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff that goes into the, into it. What uh, It's great though. It's, I love all that type of stuff i love having um being able to get like bonus stuff that you know again my my game playing is not the greatest mr k is definitely a lot better at gaming than i am so you know anything i'll yeah he loves roguelikes i mean i'll take anything that's uh any bonuses and stuff like that that helps me uh that i wouldn't normally get so that's awesome 
So I know you guys have received a whole bunch of um, awards for your games and stuff like that. Uh, your website, you have a whole bunch. And now, are they all for Spaceline? Because um, they say Spaceline Crew, so I don't know if that's... Is that the same Spaceline? Oh, yeah, same game. Same thing, okay. Yeah, uh, we uh, the game in college and up until 2020 was called Spaceline Crew. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, um... But... Uh, but it's the same game. Same game. Uh, there, we we just decided to update the name to something weirder because we're <laughs> kind of uh, uh, constructing this uh, eccentric uh, brand. So we changed it to Space Lines from the Far Out. Also, cool. Far Out is a very 60s expression. So. Right, sure. <laughs> so, the, um, so I know that the, this game is coming out soon. What type of... Um, Besides, I guess, getting it out on all the different platforms, what other type of marketing are you doing right now? Uh, well, this. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that. Uh, well, uh, it's almost as hard as making the game. Marketing yeah, the game. Right? It's a lot yeah. of different fronts, but uh, we are going to uh, be... Uh, Featured on the Steam Next Fest, which is coming uh, February twenty first. Excellent. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have like a people live streaming the game. Uh, uh, we're gonna uh, send out an update, an updated demo for people to play. Uh, and uh, it's a lot about doing outreach and uh, taking the game to people who like this sort of games and getting them to play and building this kind of community. It's a it's a lot of hard work, and uh, especially when you don't really have a big marketing budget, it's kind of you know grassroots guerrilla thing. So uh, I can't just go like send an email to PewDiePie, you know. Right. Uh, sometimes it's better for me to send to 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 contact people that have. Uh, like an average amount of followers and it's not like the biggest person ever. Uh, but then it's maybe we're more likely to get a, a yes. And uh, maybe that it, it's not going to be such a general audience. It's going to be like maybe people that specifically enjoy this type of game. So it's really about choosing the people, uh, taking the time to contact them. And just like what happened when we were presenting the game to publishers, like you're going to have a lot of, people ghosting you but if there's 10 that end that say yes that's uh that was worth it so yeah. that's more than happy to have you here yeah it's it, it's it's really cool it's it's kind of like what we do too it um we're not anything huge but uh, we've reached out to a lot of different developers and publishers and stuff like that for you know, to do either um, game interviews and stuff. And it, yeah, you get ghosted a lot. And a lot of times people don't respond. And then sometimes you get um, folks like yourself and others that will reach out to us and be like, hey, would you guys be willing to try this game? And it's like, oh, cool. And then, you know, when the opportunity comes to, hey, would you like to do an interview too? And we can talk to you. It's like, yeah, that's even better too, because it's like, we don't, it's, it's, great to get to play the game, but it's really cool to be able to talk to the actual developers and stuff as well and try to get their idea on, the, you know, why they did the game this way and, you know, how they came up with it. It's really, it's really, um, 
you know, an honor to be able to do that. It's pretty cool. So, uh, and, and, uh, we're here doing this now, but I'm sure that, uh, uh, you guys and, and that applies to me, people that like indie games, uh, are also people that are interested in, uh, making games. And that's mm -hmm. really Uh, like the same thing with a uh, cinema like there's a reason people make behind the scenes stuff and making of because it, like there is the magic of the movie itself or the game itself and there's the magic of making this happen and uh it's uh uh yeah to me it just makes it that more enjoyable when i see how people make a game or when i get to see behind the, the scenes so uh, it's nice for people to Uh, to have these developer-centered uh, podcasts and portals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was what, well. That was one of the things when we created this um, back in early 2020. We we decided that you know it's it's great. There's a lot of podcasts out there that focus on the big games, but we really liked the indie games because there was so much. There were so many different indie games out there and a lot of different sources to try to you know, play these different games online and stuff. Um, but, you know, a lot of them just go under the radar and they never get, you know, people never really talk about them because they don't really know about them. And we really wanted to make sure that we um, made an effort to like sort of focus our attention on indie games. Yeah, we do play some of the big titles every once in a while, but the indie games I think are really important. And I don't know how many times we've played some of these games that we really didn't know about and ended up like absolutely loving the game. Like, wow, if we had never done this, we would have never been able to get a chance to play this game or, or find this game probably because we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have been looking for it. So um, it's really been an eye opener. I think for us doing this podcast to find some really, really great titles out there and really great developers and, and uh, developer and companies. So it's, it's awesome. Um, I know you guys have some other titles on your uh, website. Now, are those uh, developed games or are those games that you just um, help design and stuff like that? Or is those part of projects from college, maybe? Yep, that's what they are. They are, <laughs> they are all of our college projects. And, yep. uh, and uh, that's one way to describe them. But the way that uh, Pedro and I describe them are there are future projects yep. that we're going to finish. So. Cool. Yeah, something that was that's uh, also an unexpected part of this whole thing is uh, you have to look like a company, you know. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not really exactly a company to start. Now I'm a company, but like uh, um, I, I was like showing my game to a bunch of people, and they're like, "Yeah, but who, who are you exactly? What, are you gonna finish this?" So uh, it's important to know how to present yourself. So. Uh, That's we so we, we to us it was important to have right away a website and our school projects they were all pretty cool so we we we, we added them to our portfolio you know uh, in a way as a in a way to show people that uh, we can make games and uh, they're not uh, they're not they haven't been released but they maybe will soon and. Uh, Yeah, it's important to be uh, uh, in a healthy way, proud of the stuff you did, even in college. So, yeah, hopefully one of those will be our second game. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, you, you, at least you got a, um, if, you, if one of them does become your second game, you've already got an, an idea and 
in the works there. So it's not like you got to really start from scratch. It's sort of already there. It's just to build upon it, right? Yeah, that was the great part about that course. It forced you to be creatively productive, like to make a different thing every semester. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to create a game concept. Yeah. Um, so are you going to be attending anything like, like PAX? I don't know if there's a PAX coming out this year, but if there was one, would you go to it? Uh, that's a difficult question because uh, everything depends on the pandemic, right? So it's... Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, so the, yes, if we can. Uh, but uh, as best as we could, we're trying to participate in events, uh, uh, there, uh, the, especially these events that have like uh, online versions and they, they've been cool. Uh, but uh, a party game uh, like ours, it's really cool to have people play. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a bummer, but you know, uh, I think, uh, like I know a lot of people that are going to GDC, which is next month. Uh, I I'm not going, and uh, I would like to, but uh, I think it's not worth it because it's a risk, you know. And yeah. uh, uh, it's it's a risk, and uh, it's mostly not necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the, the 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 funny thing about making a game company is that uh you don't have a choice you are an international company right away like it's it's not like i'm making a cafe or a restaurant and then i after years and years of becoming this huge restaurant i have become a chain and i start expanding i i'm starting as a global company, I have to have relations with people from other countries. And uh, that's the way the game industry works for, in, for indie developers. Like we have to sell the game to different countries in these big platforms. So it's really when the pandemic hit and people were like, uh, oh my God, I don't know how to use Zoom. What do, do I even do? Everybody in the game industry was like, it's just another day. Let's like, that's how we work. We are always talking to people from very far away. We're negotiating and closing deals. Uh, I never met anybody from Skystone in person, for example, because we we started doing business as the pandemic hit, and it's we're good. So I would love to go to these events, but uh, I guess it's been a really wake up call, a really big wake up call to a lot of industries, and they're like, oh, this meeting could have been an email. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh, so you guys are probably focusing all your might on space lines from the far out at the moment but has there been any ideas tossed around like i don't know like dlc or like well like, like another game or a sequel for it or something uh yes uh, uh usually when you design a game there's a bunch of ideas that uh when you're getting close to release you're like oh shit there's no time mm-hmm. and those things become become dlcs yeah so there's a lot of 
uh, stuff that we're planning to release uh, after the initial uh, one. Uh, and it, it's it's cool because it's a modular game, so we can release more spaceships, uh, more upgrades, mm. uh, more unlockable stuff. But there's also plans of like uh, some mechanics that are not going to be in the initial release that we're going to uh, have later. So our our hope is to spend uh, also a good portion of uh, post release still working on the game. We want people to like it, and we want to keep making it and uh if not maybe you you'll see one of those projects in our portfolio come up uh next year there you go oh i'm very excited to see um any advice you'd give like a developer working on their first game hoping to be like as successful as you are uh there's a lot it's difficult to choose one but i guess um whatever is fine don't stress about it yeah uh, manage your expectations and be know the balance between patience and persistence like uh it as soon as you the sooner you accept it's going to take a long time and it's and your game is not good the easier because it's not the path is difficult and takes a long time to make these things work it doesn't mean that it's not possible. It just takes a long time. And I think that people usually have this gut reaction that, oh, it didn't work. That's a sign that it's not going to work. So uh, it we, we have this kind of a bias, the survivor bias, you know, like we always pay so much attention to the crazy stories of like oh, the guy who made Minecraft. Oh, he made it alone and he became a billionaire. Yeah, that's one guy, but there's a whole industry. And uh, most people, just they just go step by step and they, they do a good job and mm. they do it uh, responsibly. They don't just dive into it, but they also are persistent enough. And uh, so take your time and always be around more uh, experienced people. Uh, Ask questions. Uh, people like being mentors. You're not being uh, annoying. Uh, just go ahead and ask somebody, oh, what do you think? Uh, what should I do? Uh, and yeah, I guess. And also, uh, if you're going to make your first game, uh, don't underestimate how hard it is to make a game. Don't be like, oh, you know, uh, I don't want to make something simple like Candy Crush. Candy Crush is not simple. It's extremely difficult to make something like Candy Crush. Tetris is hard to make. I'm making a, a, a simple party game. I've been doing making doing it for years. Like uh, a game like uh, Grand Theft Auto. People are like, oh, I'm going to make like Grand Theft Auto, but mixed with God of War. That's hundreds and hundreds of people and hundreds of millions of dollars being shot at it for it to happen. Uh, just uh, try to make a simple game that you can finish and uh, it's all good. It's not a problem. You don't need to innovate everything at once. If, you have, if, you, if your game is 5% 
new, that's good enough for a first game. You don't mm. need to, everything needs to be uh, groundbreaking, you know? Uh, so manage your expectations and uh, what you can actually accomplish. I guess that's my, my advice. It's good advice, though. It's good advice. Yeah. Well, since you're here on the show, uh, is there anything else you'd like to promote at all? Anything I'd like to promote? Uh, buy Space Lines from the far out on Steam or buy okay, it on yeah. Xbox. <laughs> that, I'd, I'd certainly like to promote my game. So yeah, Space Lines from the far out. Uh, it's a really fun game. Uh, gonna, uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. As you can play it locally and online. Uh, if you want to test it out, we have uh, uh, some test versions available. Uh, on Monday, we're going to release the Flight School version, uh, which is uh, kind of like a standalone demo campaign for free on Steam. So make sure to check it out. Wishlist it so when it comes out, you can get it. And uh, it's going to be on Xbox, PC, uh, Mac, Linux. Uh, follow us and yeah. Uh, buy the game. Buy the game. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hope you enjoy it. Have fun with it. I'm sure they will because I've been having fun with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it is a, it's a fun game. You don't, um, yeah, that, that, I think the toughest part is just making the passengers happy, <laughs> and 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 occasionally having to run over to the rear to see if there's an as, um an asteroid that you gotta avoid. But uh, that's the fun of it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watching watching it, uh, but I, I've had I've had quite a few of the passengers um, dancing around, and you know, because I gotta go to the bathroom or something, like that, and I'm like. I could stop at that restroom or there's the terminals coming right up. So I'm going to just gun it and try to get to the terminal as quickly as I can make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's a really fun game. And I, I, I recommend that if you, if you're out there and you, you want to try, try this game out, definitely, you know, at least try the demo out, see if you like it and then go from there. But I think it's well worth, uh, well worth the purchase on either Xbox steam, um, uh, or uh, Nintendo Switch, or wherever else you're, whatever else uh, you're using for a platform for gaming, it's awesome. So, uh, but we want to thank you, Fabio, for joining us. This has been really, yeah. really great. It's, it's really fantastic. Nice you. A um, lot of good advice um, for those that are out there um, looking to uh, become a developer and do their own type of game. I, um, yeah, I think it's great advice that you gave to, because I think it is really important to just sort of um know what your expectations are and and you know don't don't go into it thinking like okay i'm going to be the next um you know my game's going to be the next like you said you know borderlands or grand theft auto or something huge you know go into it thinking you know i can i can develop a game but you know it's not going to be gigantic but hey at least the developing part of it is the first step right i mean you gotta get it out there and yeah get it done and and like you said you know don't be afraid to reach out to those to that have done this and have the experience and ask for advice because I, I think that's where a lot of people tend to get down on themselves is they don't do that type of 
Uh, they don't take that step. They don't ask for the feedback and stuff that they, you know, probably need would and would help them. So, yeah, and uh, and I mean, always saying people that like you can't be the next God of War or Grand Theft Auto. It's just that you have to at least prove your, to yourself that you can make pong. Right. Every everyone that has a big game ever first had a small game. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. It's just a, a road and you have to follow it. Yep. Steps. Yeah. yeah. And you learn from those small steps. You, you learn from the small games, what worked, what didn't work. And then you can improve on it each, and each time. It gets a little bit bigger or a little bit better. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much, Fabio, for joining us. It's um, been a big pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. No it's problem. a pleasure meeting you and to do this. talking to you. Um, and it, it's been fantastic playing the game. Obviously, it's to my library on steam. So I'm, I'm playing it with a joystick. So, um, um, I do have a controller I'm using. So, uh, but you can play with it, with the, with the keyboards too. I just, yes. for me, controller, I think is just more natural for me, but, um, but either way it's, but it's a lot of fun. And, um, and if you, if you've played games like the theme park games and type of stuff like that, it's or like had, it kind of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I know that's, one of Mr. K's their favorite type of genres of roguelike games. So, so it's work. It's great for him to play this too. So, all right. Um, I think that is all we have on that. Um, I think we've hit all the questions. Um, so again, thank you very much, Fabio. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hello. Welcome back. I know that was, uh, Thank you, well, past us, for, for showing <laughs> them past us. Yes. So um, thank you uh, for listening to the interview. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully, um, I know it was a long interview. We had a lot of questions. So, But uh, Fabio was great. Uh, we can't thank him enough for taking the time to sit down with us and talk to us. And um, uh, I, I, I think, like I said, I think there was a lot of good information he had for from a developer's perspective. For somebody who's looking to do that, you know, in their life as either a career or just for fun. So, so it was awesome. So now all we got left is just really just a final rating on the game for what yeah. we played. So I'll let you, I don't know if you want to go first or do you want me to yeah, go I first? I'll go first. Um, I enjoyed a lot about this game. I thought it was really fun. The aesthetics were really charming. You can tell Fabio and his team put a lot of effort into this. And a lot of heart. I'm really excited for when the game releases, and I can't wait to play it with pe- myself and other people. I would highly recommend going and checking out this game. Uh, it like like Musket Shot said, it's going to be cross-platform, and cross-platform means it's going to be on other consoles, and uh, it's pretty much going to be out on everything. Pretty much, except the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> Do you know that Just Dance was the new Just Dance was supposed to be on Nintendo Wii? Oh, really? Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. Anyways, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten because I I really like this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rating wise, I would agree with you on this one as well. Nine out of ten. I think it's a great game. It's it's easy to play. I was kind of nervous when I first started playing it. Like, oh man, I hope I don't have to learn a lot of different things. And you can play this with a uh, keyboard or or a controller. I I was using a controller, and I think for me, controller wise, it was a little it was easier. But um, the keyboard controls are pretty easy as well. 
Um, so whatever one you prefer, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those games where it's just kind of like, we're going to show you how to play really quick and then just let you get into it and have fun. And I really liked a lot of the, the looks of the game, the, the music, the, the colors, the, the freebie stuff that would come along. I think that was really cool. And, and I like the fact that they, they really thought about the mechanics of the game and making it, you know, just one of those games that anybody can pick up and play and not be one of those games where it's like, you know, okay, you have to try to remember what all the buttons do and where to go for this thing or that thing and grab this. And it's so they really made the game mechanics sort of um, easier for gamers like myself who are not huge major gamers were more of a casual gamer so i really like that about this so yeah so i'll definitely give it a nine out of ten and um i hope you know for them uh for coffee knots i hope they really do great um with this game um hope it hope they get a lot of great feedback and a lot of good uh press and reviews for it and can't wait to see what they come up with next they have some other options uh, you know from past stuff so it'll be really awesome to see all right so that does it for this episode next uh next episode me and musket shutter heading to war mm. medieval times <laughs> we're gonna be running to people with swords and shields and Screaming. crossbows and catapults and and chandeliers <laughs> and severed heads and, and chivalry too chivalry too yeah, it's just, I know this was one of those ones that you were looking forward to when it before it came out. So and we when we played was it a beta version of it too? Yeah, we played it, the beta <clears throat> when it was available. So we tried it then. But uh yeah, well so we'll do a review on that on Chivalry 2 on our next episode. So until right, then folks, stay indestructible. Yeah. Peace. Over. Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you enjoyed the episode. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and if you go on our website with the same name, you can also find us on all the other kinds of stuff you can listen to us to. Anyways, hope you have a wonderful day, folks. Stay destructible, and peace. Peace.